Hey, hello, good morning, good evening. My name is Ari. I'm the host of this podcast, Nano Junkie, which is about pretty much anything and everything about nanotechnology. So I, it's been a two and a half months. I think my last episode was December 30th. Uh, I've been doing a really bad job of keeping it consistent. Uh, that episode was really long. Well, it's like 30 minutes. It was really long for one person to rant about basically nothing. I talked about how nanotechnology was important, sure. But 30 minutes, I, I shouldn't, I don't want to release things that are 30 minutes long unless I'm actually having a conversation with someone else. I wanted my next episode to be about, my next episodes to be interviews that I recorded. Uh, there's a few reasons why interviews don't really, not really working right now. Uh, that's still the plan, but most people in nanotech are academics. So it's kind of hard to, first of all, I don't really know any academics like that many, like that's not my sphere, right? So really I should, I, I, I want to want to stick more into industry. Basically my network is kind of smaller than I want it to be right now. So I'm going to figure that part out. Don't worry about it. Also, everybody's exhausted. Everybody talks on Zoom all the time because of work from home and the pandemic and nobody wants to talk on Zoom more. Maybe that's an excuse that I'm giving for being bad at networking, whatever. I'm going to get the interviews coming, but until the interviews happen, I should release episodes more often, which is what I'm going to do today, another solo episode. Surprise, surprise. But it's not going to be 30 minutes because I want to be able to release more of them more frequently. So I'm going to try to keep it short-ish. I'm going to try to keep it 10 to 15 minutes. Uh, so, yeah, I wanted to mention the chip shortage, which is something that's come up a few times within the past month or so. Uh, particularly the U.S. has been talking a lot about it. Oh, what is the... What does the uh, semiconductor chip shortage mean for the U.S. and for the world? Uh, semiconductor chips, computer chips, silicon-based chips, like these are all the same thing. Call it what you want. I tend to go with computer chips because people understand what I'm talking about when I say that. But any type of electronic, that includes um, that includes your computers, your phones, laptops, your TV, cars, airplanes, Ovens, anything that has any type of electronic in it almost definitely has a computer chip in it uh, or one of these semiconductor chips. Uh, we think we tend to think of computer chips as just being in computers, but it's in almost every electronic. Um, you know, I'm, I'm broadly saying computer chip. Um, so what is the chip shortage? Why should we care? Um, so with the pandemic in 2020, that's still going on right now, as of March 2021, there has been a decrease in the supply of these computer chips and an increase in demand around, about, like, in parallel, about the same time uh, of these computer chips. So the demand is kind of more obvious. This comes from the fact that, hey, everybody's stuck at home. Everyone needs to work from home. Everyone needs the means of communicating to their job, their families, uh, and everything else remotely. So we need to buy all these electronics to uh, communicate. Well, we need more electronics and, you know, people, even companies need to, may need to expand their servers to allow for more of this work from home capacity. And so there's more electron electronics apart across the board. A lot of consumer electronics, of course, but also a lot of other electronics. So 
that's the increase in demand. More electronics means I need more of these silicon-based chips or computer chips to build these electronics, hence demand for more chips from these big semiconductor companies. Now, basic economics, or high school economics rather, if the demand for a product goes up, all other things being equal, the price tends to go up. And so you may you may see if you buy electronics, so if you buy the, the chips inside of them, um, you may see that the price of these went up a little bit, like uh, within 2020. In parallel to demand going up because of the pandemic, supply has also gone, gone down because of tensions between the U.S. and China with the trade war and trading restrictions. So most of these computer chips are not made within the U.S. Most of it is made either in Samsung and South Korea or in TSMC in Taiwan and also in, the, I think it's SMIC, something like that, a big manufacturer in China. So China doesn't account for all of the computer chips. I think actually over half of the uh, manufacturing in the industry comes from Taiwan, which is a separate nation. But China does produce some of the computer chips that come from overseas to the U.S. The U.S. has Micron and Intel. Intel doesn't even manufacture memory anymore. Memory anymore, if I'm if I'm not mistaken. Uh, and uh, that's about it. There's other stuff, but anyway, most of the capacity is overseas. So most of our supply comes from overseas. Part of that supply comes from China. You could think of it as you know this is kind of like the you could think of it as like a well it is a supply chain, but think of it as like a flow of chips coming from different countries going into the U.S. and going between other countries or whatnot. But going into the U.S., and if one of those streams of chips gets cut off, like from China because of the trade war, then we just have less chips coming in. And so while we're still getting chips from other places, we have a lower supply. So now, lower supply of chips. High school economics tells me when... You have a lower supply of something, all other things being equal, the price goes up. So long story short, TLDR, we have a lower supply of chips driving the semiconductor chip prices up, and we have a higher demand of chips also driving the price up. And so this chips shortage is estimated to last through most of 2022, or I think at least half of 2022. And for semiconductor companies... This actually is not really much of a problem. I mean, they're still doing their thing, running 24-7 production facilities, right, making all these chips, giving them to whoever wants them. They may have to say, hey, we don't have any chips right now. You have to wait three weeks, seven weeks, ten weeks, whatever. But they're still getting the orders in. They're getting more orders than ever, actually, because of the higher demand, like we said. More people want electronics uh, because of the pandemic. Uh, and they get to charge a higher price because the supply is lower. And because and also they basically get to make more money off of them. So for semiconductors, it's great. So chip shortage, semiconductor chip shortage. At first, it may sound like, oh, man, what's going to happen to our industry? What's going to happen to the, I guess, global semiconductor industry? The global semiconductor industry is actually fine. They're doing terrific because of this. The people, the industries that are not doing well is basically everybody else, right? I won't say they're not doing well, but the ones who would be potentially affected is everyone who's not in the, in the chip making business, right? The people who can make their own chips, they're getting all these orders coming in. They may have to back, they may have a backlog, but that's great for them. But the people who have to wait, 
three weeks, seven weeks, ten weeks to get chips for their cars, for example, if you're if you manufacture cars, then hey, I can't. You can't finish building all the electronics in your car, and you can't release as many cars because you don't have the chips, or because you have to wait three, four, seven, ten weeks. And so this is what I mean: is that like all the all the uh, other industries are the ones that are being affected by this. Um. So what's this mean? Like, what's going to happen? Is are we going to start seeing companies, automotive companies, go bankrupt? They're going to are they going to be losing money? Like, what's going to happen? Um. So it's of course, companies may. Of course, uh, you know, if an industry de- depends on a very constant influx of uh, of these computer chips, let's keep saying, let's keep on the car example, for example. So, you know, if you're making the car and you like, hey, I make a hundred cars. I want to make build a hundred cars a week to maintain like my current like revenue level. And I mean, because of the chip shortage, you may only be able to make fifty cars a week. Like, of course, you're going to lose business. You're going to have less. But well, you're going to have lower revenue, right? If you're the owner of this car company, but it's not necessarily mean. It doesn't necessarily mean that this company is in this car company is in danger. Like your car company could be just fine, especially if you know that within the next year things are going to relatively go back to normal. So the chip shortage is kind of a way of of, of saying, hey, we're we're at the part of one of those cycles. This happens in the computer, or sorry, this happens in the semiconductor industry all the time. We're in one of these cycles where demand is really high. And so there is a, a bit of a shortage of chips and, and all these production facilities are going crazy trying to fulfill all these orders. Um, and then there, of course, there are demand lows as well, like there were, like there was in maybe 2018, 2019, early 2019. I'm going based on my own experiences. I, I was working in a semiconductor, different, a different semiconductor company at that time. And everyone was saying like, oh yeah, like nobody wants, nobody wants, nobody wants to buy memory chips right now. Like nobody wants them. Uh, and that's just totally fine. They said it so casually, just like I just said it now, as if like, yeah, this is something that just happens every few years. So we're in another, we're in another one of those cycles. So there's really nothing to worry about. Um, but it has been a very interesting conversation starter. And what I mean by that is that I've seen a lot of articles about what does a chip shortage mean for the future of U.S. manufacturing? How can we make sure that U.S. companies don't get impacted by this as strongly when the next cycle comes, when the next chip shortage happens past 2022 and stuff like that? There's a lot of conversation around, hey, we realize that U.S. the U.S. has fallen way behind in terms of semiconductor manufacturing. Like we have semiconductor companies, like we have chips. Sorry, we have companies that design chips, and then they send the designs overseas to the big manufacturing companies I mentioned earlier, and then in return, those companies send the chips back to the companies in the U.S. So we have what are called fabless companies. They do not fabricate chips; they only design them, and that's cool and all. But you know, that also means that the manufacturing is controlled overseas. And of course, as Americans, we don't like that. And I say we, I mean the people who run the American government, of course. I don't really care. But I'm not going to lie. Would it be cool to have more manufacturing capabilities in the U.S. in terms of, like, making new, new in terms of making new chips, making new sensors, uh, making new microtech, nanotech devices? Of course. Like, that's where I want to work. So I do actually care. I, I lied earlier. I do care. I want more of that stuff in the U.S. But... 
also the fact that this kind of came up this kind of came up when we talked about the uh chip shortage that's kind of bringing this back to people's attention like hey we need to build more manufacturing here in my experience in my very young experience right in 27 i'm not trying to sound like a seasoned veteran over here in my very short experience this has happened a few times where people say hey we don't have manufacturing what do we do and then there are there are initiatives and whatnot to to uh, increase this type of manufacturing in the u.s there's even initiatives to increase like um, nanotechnology in particular like cutting edge nanotechnology increase that type of capability in the u.s there's something called a national nanotechnology initiative um so and that meets like every, I think it's every four years where they have a, they hold, they host a workshop every four years rather, an open workshop where they get ideas of where should we be focusing our attention to increase, uh, to achieve our goals. And uh, long story short, it, it kind of ebbs, it kind of flows and ebbs where everyone's attention is on this now, but I don't actually see this chip shortage having much impact on the future of manufacturing in the u.s i think that i, I think it, first of all it's going to it's going to be super hard to compete with the giants like tsmc and samsung it's just i i i it'd be i'd be it'd be really hard for me to believe that we'll be able to compete with them but or have a company make a company that can compete with them but also uh the american government tends to be relatively short-sighted and just people in general. I, I don't want to bash governments. Like we, we tend to be pretty reactionary. Like, oh my gosh, this is a problem. We should do something about it. And then once the problem goes away next year, we don't care anymore. Um, so I would like to see more manufacturing in the U.S. for these chips. But my my hypothesis, or rather my prediction, is that really nothing's going to change. Once 2022 comes around, mid year. Things will relatively go back to normal, and we'll be like, oh, okay, we're past that. Let's continue business as usual. Um, by the way, that's exactly what's going to happen after the pandemic, too. Um, a lot of companies talking about working from home is going to maybe become a new standard or maybe like a new like uh, option for workers. But everybody knows we're just going to go back to normal afterwards after the pandemic is done. How many companies are actually going to um, allow working from home? after the pandemic. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. That's just another example of, or another, I guess, prediction along the same lines. Whenever something disruptive comes along, we try to figure out how to react to it, how to fix it, or how to change it, how to change ourselves to better prepare ourselves for the future. And I really hope we prepare ourselves better for the next pandemic, especially in terms of like health and taking care of people uh, and preventing the spread of like future uh, infections, but in terms of technology, in terms of how, in terms of preparing ourselves technologically in the future, uh, at least in the semiconductor industry, I don't really see it happening. But yeah, so that's the chip shortage. That's how the U.S. has kind of reacted to it, and that's kind of my prediction based on, like I said, my very limited experience on what I think is actually going to happen. And yeah, that's all I wanted to share today. Thanks for listening, and I hope you uh, keep tuning in. Be on the lookout for more episodes. If you've listened more than once, then just know I do still plan to release episodes more frequently. Uh, I'll be doing things like this because I, I read a lot and I see a lot of articles, but for some reason I haven't really been sharing what I've been reading. And so I want to 
continue to do a bit more like shorts like this when it's just me and mention and uh, respond to uh, different news and articles that are happening in the micro nanotechnology uh, space or in the semiconductor area. So, yeah. And I do still want to focus on also startups, like a lot of interesting stuff coming from startups um, and micro nanotech. And uh, I, I have, yeah, and I'm still writing blogs on those types of startups as well. And I'll maybe like do a bit more talking about them as well. Maybe check in with how they're doing and uh, something, stuff like that. But yeah, thanks for listening. And then uh, we'll see you in the next one.